in the back of my notebook and I wrote him a note because I don't want to interrupt his meeting. He has yeah. no idea who I am. So I wrote him a note. I saw he was looking at, he was like uh, drinking red wine. Uh, no, it was white wine. And I passed the note to the waitress and said, when that guy finishes, can you, when you give him his bill, can you give him this note? And it basically just said, hey, I run a company. I think you'd be really interested in it. P.S. Your next vino is on me. Lovely. And then he emailed me straight away yeah. when he got it with a smiley face. And that was it. Yeah, and I was love like, it. Hi, did you get my note? And he's like, yeah. yeah. And he's like, I'm actually on your pitch day next week. Okay. I didn't even know he was going to be there. Yeah. And I pitched to him. He came up to me at the end, shook my hand and says, I'll finish a round. But actually, I think you should raise three times more. Hey folks, it's Mark here. Now, before we dive into today's powerful conversation, I want to let you know that this is going to be the last episode of season 13. Don't worry, we'll be back for season 14. We've got an incredible lineup of guests. We're going to be taking a few weeks off. We'll be back in October. So make sure to subscribe over on YouTube not to miss out the next episode. And if you're listening to this on iTunes, go and subscribe there too. I wanted to give you a heads up just in case you start panicking and you're thinking, why are there more episodes coming out? That's because we're coming to the end of season 13 and we're about to kick off season 14 in a few weeks. And I've got, honestly, some incredible guests lined up. So back to your regular program. Enjoy the show. And I can't wait to see you in season 14. Hi, and welcome to the Unconventionalist Podcast. I'm your host, Mark DeRoos, and this is a show about what it's really like to turn your message into a movement. Welcome if this is your first time, or welcome back if you're a regular. Now, you might hear a slight difference in the audio. We're trying out these new microphones, so please bear with us in case it's a bit more echoey than usual. We'll get it right. But before I get into today's exciting interview with, with a very special guest, I want to let you know that there are still tickets left for the upcoming podcast boot camp on the 20th of September 2019, where you will learn everything, all the mistakes I've made, you won't make them, all the tips that I have, all the hacks that I have to make sure that your podcast is a success from day one. I'll do my best to pass it on to you. So come and join us. The tickets are available in the show notes below. And because you're a very special member of this podcast, you get 10% off by using the discount code podcast tribe, all in lower caps, all attached. That's podcast tribe. Now, I'm joined today by Charlotte Pierce, who uh, we got introduced, and we'll talk about this a bit more in our interview, but I got introduced by someone who jumped on the phone, and it's a typical example where I speak to someone, I'm like, let's stop talking. Let's just get you on the show. Let's have, I want to hear more about your story, but it's an incredible story of social entrepreneurship, and we're going to discover about how this new van of hers is going to take her on the road, and how she's going to take a message out there on the nomadic lifestyle of Ink Pact, and I can't wait to get into this interview. Charlotte, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. Yeah, it's really cool. I mean, when did we, was it last week that it we was started? Literally <laughs> the quickest meetup ever. It's great. Yeah, that was, I remember like, okay, let's look at dates. And you're like, oh, I'm free next week. Yeah. So that was, that was really, really cool. Uh, really appreciate you for coming in the studio and no. on short notice. Thanks for and, having me. And um, Blair is the one who introduced us, right? Is that? No, it's Jake. Jake, that's it. Jake yes, Jake introduced us. From, yeah. Um, yeah, who came on my uh, Dent KPI 26. Yes. And he was like, I think I've got the perfect guest for you. <laughs> that's right. I'm confused. I've got, another, I've got another guest coming on um, the 21st of, uh, 21st of August. Mm. And that was Blair from Blair's Blues and Other News. Oh, another cool. podcast. Yeah, very Great cool. Name. Yeah, no, love, love the name. Um, so how do you know Jake? 
Um, well, I have a podcast too yeah, called yeah. Humans of Business. Yeah. Um, and he was working with me on the marketing of that and did so well. He runs a company called Red Digital um, that we now use him for ink packs, marketing, yeah. any marketing I do. Yeah. He's just an absolutely great guy. Uh-huh. Um, so shout yeah. out to Jake. Yeah, shout what's out to Jake. He's awesome. what, what's his, what's uh, his? It's Red Digital is his company. If you need digital marketing, you know where to go. And really nice guy. Yeah. You know, he's worked sometimes yeah, he with like Netflix, big brands. Yeah. Really cool, but just really down to earth. I cool. love that. Love cool. It. So Charlotte, I want to hear about your story. Like you've just got like, I remember <laughs> when we jumped on the phone, it's like, this sounds so cool. <laughs> so one of the things that, um, you know, impact what really drew to me is that you've got this idea that, hey, there's, 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 there's this rise of digital, you know, technology mm-hmm. where everything's being automated. Now you put in your email somewhere, you get a sequence of emails. It's all, yeah. you know, hey, you get a Christmas card now via email. Yeah. You know, like people are like, hey, season's meetings. Yeah. You know? Which like, no one reads. Yeah, no one reads. It was like, you hate me. Spam. <laughs> Not important <laughs> enough spam. Exactly. Yeah. But, but you decided to actually reverse that mm. and, and go back to the very thing that we all love, which is receiving a handwritten note. Yeah. Right. So tell us about how did you come up with the idea of impact? Yeah. So at the time, I was a, um, a really excited, ambitious university student. Yeah. And I was running a social enterprise, which was one of the best experiences I've ever had. I ended up running a team of 150 people that were all students. We worked with something like 30,000 people across the world. Yeah. And we helped them build really cool businesses. So it was solar panel businesses or... We had a sanitary towel business. Yeah. We designed a toilet, some really cool stuff. <laughs> Didn't do much of my degree, not going to yeah, lie. Yeah. It was all running this. But I just met these people all around the world that were really creative and entrepreneurial, but didn't have a way to earn an income. Yeah. And I was really struggling to run this company. It's 150 people and I was like 19, 20. Mm. So I rang a family friend who runs this company called Action Coach. And they were really struggling to contact their customers in a way that wasn't online or digital. Mm. And I'd got these 30,000 people like, they want a job, they want an income. <laughs> and I bet you they've got good handwriting. Yeah. Why don't we send some handwritten notes to the get the attention? I'd be the worst person ever. I've got well, my handwriting is so bad. Hilariously, if you look at mine, it's really bad. Is but it? this is why the company scaled from the beginning because <laughs> I wasn't writing the notes. And still now my team are like, Charlotte, stay away from the handwriting. Right. You run the business, we'll do yeah, the handwriting. Yeah. So we started off, so it was actually me and my cousin wrote the first ever campaign. We okay. wrote 100 letters on behalf of one of these coaches. And they had 33 out of 100 people people came to either a meeting or a call with them and the guy was oh, so like wait a second wait a second, wait a second. so basically yeah. this company is like we want to have something a bit different a bit disruptive to try and contact potential prospects yeah. that was it as opposed yeah. to saying thank you to previous customers yeah, right? no, it's potential cool, cool, cool. prospects so instead yeah. of having like hey here's a fly in your letterbox here's yeah, yeah, a little yeah. brochure on your on your windscreen wiper yeah let's write some handwritten notes to these people to say and and so they had a database or they had some email yeah. address or whatever some exactly. addresses and then you went yeah, you started and writing. so the guy was actually saying that it worked. He could write 10 himself, yeah. but then he's like, my hand hurts and no one in the office wants to do it. Everyone's yeah. trying to like duck and avoid it. Yeah. And I was like, I've got 30,000 people around the world that want to do stuff like yeah. this. Yeah. Why don't we just outsource it to them? And I just read a really cool book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad, yes. um, which I'd read when I was 16 like and read again. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it was all about outsourcing and leverage. And I just had that in my head at the yeah. time. And these people, I was like, there must be a way to do this. Yeah. So I outsourced it to my cousin just as a trial, the <laughs> first one. Um, I tried to write the first one myself and I showed my parents. They're like, yeah, I can't read that. Yeah. So yeah, outsourced it to my cousin. She wrote it, got amazing results. And then the guy said to me, if you can scale this, you're onto a winner. And I was yeah. like, how the hell do I, I scale this, this to yeah. start with? So it started off the copy or did they no provide they had okay. they had the copy they had okay. like a template of what they wanted okay. to write so they like sent that to me an excel file i went to the library at uni yeah. printed out all the yeah. stationery yeah. um and then like delivered it to my cousin who okay. wrote it and then she took it back to me really concierge like yeah. proper like no <laughs> tech at this point whatsoever yeah i'd then have to the read in quality literally <laughs> i'd then put the stamps on yeah. and then i'd put them in the post box they got such good results then i kept doing more and more with this same company 
Um, and I was doing that whilst through uni and then after uni I graduated. I got offered some jobs because the social enterprise I ran, people like sponsored it. So I yeah. got offered jobs and I was like, okay. oh my gosh, if I take this big salary, I'm never gonna start my own business. Yeah. And I just, I'd been running this huge company and I was like, I can't do it. And I was like, something in this letter writing, but yeah. I'm not sure quite how to build yeah. it yet. So I just, I just came out of university and started <laughs> it. Um, and then what are we like four, four years later, um, here we are, <laughs> writing crazy. hundreds of thousands of handwritten letters every every year. And, so. and and do you think the majority of people are still kind of prospects, kind of sending out to prospective client, or is it also just sort of thank you for coming to the ball, thank you mm. for this year's customer service? It's more customer loyalty now, yeah. and I've seen that change over the last it's kind of six years since yeah. I was at university doing yeah. it, and it's it's really changed. I reckon about. 70% of our business is customer loyalty, yeah. saying thank you, saying sorry, yeah. kind of upselling, cross-selling and telling like more, giving more value to their customers. Yeah. Whereas I think it's a lot less now in terms of customer acquisition, but it's a great way, especially yeah. for B2B companies 100%. to acquire new customers. Yeah, I mean, I remember I was telling you this on the phone when we, when we caught up, mm. um, when I used to be a country manager at the November Foundation, one of the things that, you know, looking back now, it was such a great move, but for us, it was like, oh my God, at each end of campaign, which was grueling process right yeah we get to the end of the campaign and we then start the process of writing handwritten thank you yeah. notes to like some of our key you know mo bros and mo sisters mm. high fundraisers partners and it was just like hey thank you so much for all that you do you know yeah. for change of face mental yeah, lovely, yeah. yeah and then and then they would like post it on instagram or on yeah. twitter saying oh my god i got a handwritten note from like yeah. sophie or sarah or whatever <laughs> exactly, you know, yeah. uh, from the office because and i remember the impact receiving one in 2010 i think mm. i raised a few hundred euros at the time maybe even a thousand and i got a handwritten note and i thought yeah wow that's that's yeah, they care. care about you yeah, yeah yeah but i can tell you i can so relate to that pain to the first customer you had saying like oh it's yeah. a it can be a bit of a drag yeah to kind and, of write. and it's it's really amazing because these companies they start small and then they grow and then like, i want to do what i did when i was small but yeah. i can't because i'm bigger yeah. and I think a lot of our customers do that. They normally challenge your brands, they're growing really quickly and they want to care about their customer, but they're now bigger and they can't. Yeah. So they come to us. And the amazing thing is we've now got nearly 400 scribes around the UK subscribes, and subscribes in the US. For people who have no idea what you're talking about. Subscribes yeah. <laughs> or like your community yeah. or people around the world. Yeah. Is it okay, around the yeah. world who write handwritten letters yeah, from home? From home. In their pajamas if they want In their to. Pajamas. Yeah, what I love. <laughs> so yeah, we have over four hundred of them. They are our awesome community. They're yeah. called the Scribe Tribe. Yeah. Um and they are made up of uh, you know, single mothers, people that are recovering from various different illnesses and can't yeah. leave the house. Yeah. Um we have a lot of people who write their second jobs, they might be an actor or an actress yeah. and they want to earn some money on the side. Sure. We've got lots of students, just people that want to yeah. earn an extra income. Okay, so we don't it. look at their C V phone sex. <laughs> I, was I was looking at working mums. I don't know if you I thought it's yeah. I don't know if you're a parent, but like I'm a parent, so you end up like watching these shows. It's called Working Mums. I was watching my partner. <laughs> one of, I think her uh, her assistant. She comes in the house and she's having like that's how she makes a bit of money on the side. Oh, she has these <laughs> anyway, all of that freelance yeah, yeah. life from home. I that's think right. it is, I and mean, it's great because we hear stories of these women. Like I'm bringing up my kids and my kids are doodling next to me whilst yeah. I'm writing and yeah. it's like that's great that's what we want to hear we yeah. want to hear about how you're making it work around your life and I'm yeah. a, I really believe in like creating a life that you love and if we can give these people an opportunity to earn money in their pajamas or when yeah. they're with their kids around yeah. whatever they love doing and so many of them love writing so much they forget yeah. to put their invoice in or yeah. they like <laughs> they would do it anyway yeah. so it's so, so lovely they're so yeah passionate about no, it I love it and so, so when you started off is your cousin still a scribe or is she, <laughs> she wasn't until recently actually she was yeah she's been you know if we ever need an emergency scribe she's always around she'll step up yeah. 
<laughs> so you you go from so this idea is planted in your head that mm. if you can scale this you're onto a winner mm. you've got all these jobs that be potentially being offered how did you go from using your cousin with that one client who yeah. you already had a contact with to then getting to your second mm. client and getting your first scribe yeah good question i mean I was very accidentally lucky with our first client because they're part of a franchise. Okay. So it meant that the first client, they got great results. They told the rest of the franchise, which means I probably got my first 10 to 15 clients because it was a franchise. So actually, franchise is a great so way. Like, and, and you mean by the example, if it's, uh, I don't know, like a, it's ter- I don't want to plug in a fast food joint, but- uh, I know, yeah, that uh, famous sure, franchise, yeah, yeah. fast food so joint. F45, F45, yeah. F45 yeah, 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 is a, a sport, it's a sport yeah. chain. Yeah. So let's say you work with F45 Camden, big yeah. shout out to Jake J, Ray and the whole crowd. Um, you work with them, yeah. they have a great results, and then they say basically on their internal portal, yeah. hey, guys, we've yeah. done this incredible results, you should check them exactly. out. Exactly, they've got, generally <gasps> got like marketing tips. All franchises share marketing tips. Genius. They've each got their own budget. So that's how we got our first like 10, 15 clients. I ended up speaking to the like master franchisee of Action Coach, who then plugged it to everyone else, and Action Coach just did a client today. That's incredible. Um, so that was a great way for us to get some scale, but it, it was so concierge. I mean, I was still dropping things off at the library. And how are you finding Finding your first scribes? So I literally, I wanted to work with people from the backgrounds we work with now, okay. but it was a bit risky because yeah. I wasn't sure if the business would work. So I don't want to bring in single mothers if I can't give them a regular income. Yeah. So I used just students to start with, okay. which is kind of where I was at university. Put yeah. a post on a group on Facebook and had more than enough <laughs> scribes to work with. <laughs> Trying to earn money from sitting yeah. in your pajamas at home. It was easy, easy yeah. sell. Um, so that I was just the, drop that it was off the legit the library. tagline, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, literally pajamas at home. I still use it now. <laughs> Um, and I literally drop it off the library and I'd collect it in two yeah. days later, I'd check it and send it out. But yeah. after a while, that was painful. Yeah. You know, after five clients, six clients, I couldn't keep doing that level of drop off. And I just one day, I remember it was like 7th of January, a couple, like I think it was four or five years ago, I was sitting in this miserable office because I'd graduated, but the university gave me like a space because yeah. I thought she might make something yeah. of it or <laughs> give her a free She'll, she'll drop her name. She'll, yeah. she'll, she'll come back and if give a speech. she makes it one day, yeah. she might, you know, come back to the alumni yeah. fund kind of thing. <laughs> gave me like a space. Um, in an engineering building, which everyone hated me because everyone was laptop down. I'm on the phone calling yeah. loads of clients. Yeah. I ended up getting my own room because yeah. I was annoying everyone else. And anyway, it was like a gray, horrible, rainy January. It was like 7th of January. Yeah. And I was sitting there cold calling off the back of some of the letters I'd sent. And I was like, this got to be better than this. I thought running a business is like fun and cool. And Doesn't everyone. This sucks. <laughs> um, and I remember being like, it's not big enough. Like the yeah. social impact company I was running before was huge. And I had this big team and yeah. I was going around the world. I was in like Moscow and I was in Cancun. And then suddenly I'm in this engineering building going like, oh, what is life? Yeah. And I thought this isn't big enough. Like I've got to do something bigger. And I'm quite a spiritual person. Yeah. And I believe that things intervene when they need to. Cool. And someone tweeted me that day. Um, of this thing called the New Entrepreneurs Foundation. And it was this program in London, which is like an accelerator for yourself. Like come build okay. the next, you know, million, billion yeah. pound tech company from London. Yeah. We'll develop you to do it. Okay. And I applied to get on wow. and I got on. And so I decided to change what was a lifestyle business into a scalable tech business. So I moved over to London, put a tech plan together, went out to investors and kind of went, it has to be bigger than this. How many people can we impact around the world through writing? How many brands can we help connect with their customers? It was just that moment of this isn't good enough. Let's go bigger. We need to go bigger. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's funny that um, uh, Billy, Quinlan has just come on the show. She mm, went I know, to Zik. went to uni with her. No way. Yeah. That is so funny. Yeah. Small world. Yeah, Very so she's, she's doing incredibly well. Yeah. She's got uh, fairly in 
start up and love it i know so a cool. topic i love talking about yeah. um at the moment just yeah. sexual women's empowerment is my 100%. yeah 100 yeah the, the what is it called she calls it the pleasure gap yes yeah 100 i mean it just Great. Yeah, blew the mind on, on as well and the information yeah but yeah same thing she went to zinc and it was like yeah. a startup accelerator kind of thing and they came up with the idea there mm. and iterations all that stuff it was laker think until she, yes. she talked about how it actually meant i think it was in finnish in norwegian it means play but yeah. actually kids playing with each other as in like oh so they had to change, <laughs> to change yeah. it <laughs> really i old. remember filling in the first feedback yeah. form for laker yeah. that's so i was cool. there yeah, like yeah. i'll be an early adopter yeah yeah no, i'm your amazing. target market <laughs> <laughs> that's really cool yeah and so um and so you go to this you go to this phase and then okay so you you go from having students you go mm. from picking up the letters yourself and then dropping them off at the stamp how do you then get to the next phase? Because, mm. because I th- I th- you know, the reason, one of the reasons why I'm kind of want to distill this is that one of my biggest pet hates is when people reach out to me or when I meet people when I go and give talks and talk about I want to start a business and all this stuff and they've got I'm just looking for funds and I haven't developed the app yet and they've mm. got all this big stuff and I'm like, have you validated your idea? Yeah. Like, have you actually scaled it so little that you could do it on your own and you can find? Yeah. You know, I remember this particular example. Someone was trying to build an app between it was a market effectively to put personal trainers and people bartering fitness mm. and it was kind of a market and you wanted to develop an app and I said before you do that do you have 10 PTs and 10 people you know that yeah. you could match personally by email you know and, and, yeah. if, and I feel like a lot of people kind of miss that I'm going on a monologue yeah the point is how did you then go from okay you and your cousin yeah you and students yeah and then the next step. Yeah. I mean, you're literally saying everything I preach about all the time doing business, which is mm. we didn't build our tech until two years in. Yeah. And we didn't spend any money on investment or we didn't get any investment or anything till two years in because yeah. I could then go to an investment group. For the last two years, I've worked with 25 clients. Yeah. This is the results we've got. Yeah. Here are my 15 scribes, but I'm at the wall of like admin and like yeah. doing bottleneck. concierge. I'm the bottleneck right If now, you yeah. now give me X amount of money, yeah. I can then turn this into a tech product and then we can be X scalable. Mm. And I think that was so great because one, I was already making money yeah. i could show them here's yeah. the literal cash in the door mm-hmm. and two i could be like here's already customers here's our scribes yeah. i just need to scale it now yeah, and yeah. so everyone i so many people come to me and say oh, i want to start this app or yeah. i'm like oh no do it the hard way <laughs> yeah. first yeah and then if that works then yeah. you can build a tech i love that and i mean yeah so i think it only worked because we'd done it that way okay um, i mean trying to get an investor to invest in handwritten letters is gonna be difficult yeah, like how hard. do you scale that i had to prove that you could do it the unscalable yeah. way and it was a great quote can't remember who said it but do the unscalable to scale oh um uh, uh i know who that is uh yeah i know who it is yeah. i don't it's not Y combinator but it, it, yeah. it's someone like someone, that. someone yeah. yeah and that's exactly what we've done we did the yeah. really unscalable way if you look at i think airbnb delivery everyone, everyone said that everyone. wasn't scalable and look how everyone. scalable they are so yeah, yeah. i think we'd taken it from that but there was a point where there's like this tipping breaking point that i yeah. couldn't keep going like that yeah. and i remember being like i have no idea about tech i could build a basic website and that was about okay. it and i needed this really complicated operational model um, and so I actually was on this program and one of the, I think so, so, was, Sorry to interrupt, but yeah. at this point, you're still on your own? Or have you brought in I'm a team still on my own. Still on your own? Still on my own okay. at this point. But you've got, you've got, I guess, some people you bring on for some specific projects. Yeah, or so I've got, I, and I've got a lot of scribes to lean okay. on and I've got yeah. people that kind of help me out. Yeah. But I'm on this course and... Um, I'm on this course with another guy, and at the time I had a really bad addiction to Diet Coke, okay. like the worst addiction I've ever had. But there was another guy on the course who also had a really bad addiction yeah. to Diet Coke. So we'd be the one in every break trying to find a vending machine. Anyway, we bonded over Diet Coke, and he's a developer. 
Yeah. And he was working as head of product at an enterprise software company. Yeah. And one day I was like, oh, I don't suppose I can like pick your brains on how yeah. I build this enterprise yeah. software. By the end of that meeting, he was like, I'm going to hand in my notice tomorrow. Let's do this together. No so he way. became my co-founder. He's my co-founder today, Andrew. Um, so yeah, we bonded over Dark. I never Co. thought I'd ever say this in my entire life, but it looks like Coca-Cola. <laughs> <It did>. like, <laughs> <laughs> Neither some, of yeah. us drink Dark Coke anymore. Yeah, there we you always go. brought you together. Yeah, yeah, and then uh, I came off it first. It was a bad addiction, and then I had to do some poking, and he came <laughs> off it too. Um, but it meant that we just brainstormed this, and he was like, I can totally build this. Let's yeah. do it. This is awesome. There's yeah. nothing out there quite like it. Um, and then I was like, okay, let's just get some advice from someone else. So a guy who, uh, he's the founder of Skyscanner, okay. Barry Smith. Uh, yeah. I literally just reached out to him and said, I want to run an idea past you. And he literally met me um oh my god that was a diet coke story too <laughs> i remember he liked diet coke so i put in my message to him diet coke's on me and he was like love that you remembered that that's super thoughtful of course i'll meet with you i remember that oh my god Genius. never made that link before go. i mean i have to thank diet coke in some way aren't I? Um, anyway so i yeah. met with the founder of skyscanner who's obviously got you know they sold for how many billion recently yeah. a lot yeah. like yeah. tech geniuses yeah. and i ran it by him he was like do it and so i just thought i'm gonna do it so i reached out to a guy so when I was at university, I ran that social enterprise, yeah. had a mentor, and I remember one day he said to me, Charlotte, if you ever start a business, let me know, I'll invest in anything you do. Okay. And I was like, of course, I'm gonna go back to that yeah. investor to yeah. start with. So um, I still kept in touch with him, and I said, look, I've got an idea, can I run it by you? I need 40 grand, I think it was, for the MVP, yeah. the minimum yeah, yeah. viable product. Yeah. And then he was like, okay, my wife will kill me if I give you all of it, can I give you 30, just to prove you'll find another 10? <laughs> Um, so just, just others, just yeah. Thinking, just for people to understand, minimal viable product is yeah. the idea that you basically what is the cheapest, fastest, yeah. most cost-effective way that you can prove a concept where you can still have a bit of a, a sense of what it's going to be like. Yeah. So it can be all the way from um, I wanted to create a, a water bottle that would give a gamification for men to drink more. So I I, I took an old pasta jar, cleaned it up, cool. took a felted <laughs> pen, and put some steps. <laughs> And sold it for Great, five pounds. <laughs> yeah. All the way to developing an app. Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. So, so this is effectively this was MVP two because MVP okay. one was yeah. super super conscious. Yeah. This was like tech Got version it. MVP, Got like it. a basic Got operational it. system. Yeah. Um, so basically, great story of how I found this investor. It's one of my favorite stories. And it really, I've like, this has stuck with me for the rest of my life, which is ask and hustle. Yeah. Which was um, on this course that I was on, occasionally I'd have panels of investors. And there's this one really northern, just straight talking, just great guy on a panel who just swore every other, sen like every other sentence. Yeah. But you know, I was like, you're the kind of guy I'd want to get advice from. Like, yeah. just tell it to me straight. Anyway, he's wearing this bright orange shirt. And I was in uh, a club in uh, London. Um, a members club, not a party club. Um, <laughs> hey, Charlotte, whatever, whatever, I, whatever works. <laughs> he'd probably so be there too. Like, he'd yeah. probably be there too. Um, and I saw him across the room and yeah. I was like, oh my God, I know him. I saw him on that panel. He's yeah. an investor. I need another 10 grand. Yeah. That sounds cool. So I had a note. I had notes in the back of my notebook and I wrote him a note because I don't want to interrupt his meeting. He has yeah. no idea who I am. So I wrote him a note. I saw he was looking at, he was like uh, drinking red wine. Uh, no, it was white wine. And I passed the note to the waitress and said, when that guy finishes, can you, when you give him his bill, can you give him this note? And it basically just said, hey, I run a company. I think you'd be really interested in it. P.S. Your next vino is on me. Lovely. And then he emailed me straight away yeah. when he got it with a smiley face. And that was it. Yeah. And I was Love like, it. hi, did you get my note? And he's like, yeah. yeah. And he's like, I'm actually on your pitch day next week. Okay. I didn't even know he was going to be there. Yeah. And I pitched to him. He came up to me at the end, shook my hand and says, I'll finish a round. But actually, I think you should raise three times more. Yeah. And um, it's much harder really to raise smaller than it is to raise yeah. big. So then he ended yeah. up leading the round and we got a big angel syndicate. Okay. And we raised 150 grand, I think it oh was. Oh my in the God, end. I love so absolute hustle like, <laughs> literally like well yeah. yeah and i think it's you know if you if you 
if you trace it back, it goes back to there's a problem that you identify. Mm. There's a solution. There's a pathway that you can see that problem being solved. You get the result. Yeah. And then it's like, how do we make this bigger? Yeah. We need some cash to be yeah. able to make this. Thing. And then, and then, you know, yeah. you got into that. Do you, do you remember how you pitched the idea? Like, do you remember when you used to talk about it when yeah. back then when you used to tell this vision, this dream? Because back then it was just like a bunch of students <laughs> yeah. eating baked beans, <laughs> writing hand yeah. yeah. I, the, it's really easy. So when you're, especially if you're building a tech company, sometimes you can get so carried away in the tech and what you're building and yeah. how cool this little widget feature thing yeah. is. I kept all of that away. Yeah. And whenever I was pitching, I was like, look, we all get too many emails. No one's opening them. Yeah. We need to cut through something. I've tried something. It's getting these results. Yeah. I think I can use tech to leverage it. If you give me some money, I can build some tech. Um, How, are you in? You yeah. <laughs> oh, and by the way, we can have some social impact with some yeah. people. Yeah. It was like... No brainer. It was, yeah. I'm not saying it was easy to no, raise no. money, but I'm saying that people that got it, got it quickly. Because it's simple. I'll tell you what. Exactly. I've sat now in front of enough people. I've, I've, I've coached and worked with and had, you know, partnered with enough companies to understand that one of the keys to success is mm. simplicity. Oh, simplicity yeah. Can you explain your idea on the back of a napkin? Yeah. L- literally, November, the reason why November did so well, you grow a moustache yeah. and you raise funds for prostate cancer. Yeah. That's how it started. Yeah. You know, and then it became like the biggest world yeah. men's health movement. Think, yeah, simplicity is absolutely yeah. key. And when I all like and everyone gets handwritten notes. So yeah. we then ended up in a tech accelerator called Wira, which is Telefonica's accelerator. Okay. And we do pitches amongst like AI companies and some really cool tech. And at the end of the pitches, all the questions would be directed at me because half the audience hadn't got a clue about what anyone else was talking about. So they just asked me, what's the quality of the handwritten, all yeah. that kind of stuff. And it would happen over and over and over again. And part of me's like, why are they asking me all the questions? Yeah. And I was like, oh, because they got what I, like what yeah. we did. What were some of the concerns? Like what were some, like, what were some of the questions oh, that great. you kind of got from, from people originally? Yeah. Same ones we still get now, which yeah. is, is it really handwritten? Okay. Is it not a robot? Because okay. there are some companies around the world that are doing robotic handwriting. Okay. Um, so uh, that's the main one. And how do you check quality? Okay, it's mistakes or yeah those kind of stuff so um again we started the very concierge way and even when we built loads of tech it was still very concierge which is someone would check every single letter okay um but then we started doing campaigns of like ten thousand twenty thousand thirty thousand oh and someone would have to check so we've now got two mechanisms in place we've got writers check other writers and they get paid for that okay. and we also have ocr technology which is i think evernote have this feature on the app where you can handwrite something take a picture of it and it turns your handwriting into text so it yes. can put it in a Word doc. Yes. Now we've done an extension of that technology, which yeah. then matches the text back to the text the client put on the platform. And if anything is wrong, then we know that the handwriting's wrong. So, so it they turns have to the scan each of their letters. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So they take a picture of every single one, okay. which also means we have a record of every single so one. So you know, you know, sent. you know what letter was written by who. Exactly. You yeah. can trace it back if the if the client goes. Yeah. Yeah, someone drew a penis on, on, the, on the bottom <laughs> that of the would letter. Ne- that would never get to a client. It, would pa- it wouldn't pass quality assurance. But it, well, on the platform, so this is where, so now we've raised oh, 1.3 million yeah. to build the tech. So yeah, the tech is amazing. like ridiculous now. But the, the writers log into a platform um, uh, a little bit like your kind of Uber delivery models, okay. which is the, the writer has an app the yeah. same way as a driver or they a rider. A job. Exactly, they accept yeah. a job. They log onto the platform, they check on the screen, yeah. they handwrite everyone, then they yeah. upload their picture to the same platform. Okay. It says tick or cross. Yeah. If it's a tick, they put it in the post box. If it's a cross, they rewrite it. Okay. Um, and then they do all their invoicing and everything through their kind of wow. app portal. So That's we have amazing. a client oh, portal, so a writer cool. portal. So yeah. yeah, and now we can put this in any country. So. Yeah. 
that's what I'm really excited about. That's so cool. That's mad. It's such a mad, st- and yeah, I love it because it's these stories I hear all the time and I never get tired of them, you know? <laughs> and so, so cool. So then you get the, the first one. So your co-founder did the right thing. Like, is he, is he, are you still co-founder? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So he doesn't regret quitting his job to this day. No, 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 <laughs> no. He, oh, it's a great company, actually, yeah. that he worked for before. Um, and I know the founder really well. Yeah. And he was also part of that entrepreneur community. Okay. And um, yeah, and I mean, it's been... An amazing journey. So although yeah. we didn't found found the original part yeah. of the business together, this tech company yeah, couldn't yeah. exist without him. So we almost like yeah. relaunched four years ago. As a yeah, tech I get that. Business. Like um, Sanctus is a bit the same. Like yes, James, James, James launched yeah. it, and then George Bettany joined him, his best yeah. mate, who did the really co-founder, and then they kind of you know did that again. Love what Sanctus did, yeah, by the way. Plug to Sanctus. Yeah, I, I talk about them all the time. Yeah, yeah. They're so very, very James cool. was in my original funding round because at the time he worked for, for the, the VC, guy, for the Northerner. Who, yeah. Ah, that's the guy. Yeah. So James was one of the original yes. people that I talked to about Inkpad because he came in with it. Yeah, I remember. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, the straight shooting northerner who yeah. people love him or hate him. Yeah, apparently Marmite, he's like, like Marmite. Marmite. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's such a small world. It's yeah. <laughs> amazing. It's just getting smaller and smaller. Yeah. <laughs> it is, <laughs> isn't it? Great. So the first thing I remember when we, when we first talked, I said to you, oh, it reminds me of the big knit. You know, the knitting oh, campaign yes. for Innocent because yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like all these lovely grand, like Madrid grandmothers and granddads, yeah. I'm sure, yeah. knitting around the country, yeah. and they sent it at Innocent Valley for a little tour. And literally, they have this crater, and I'm sure you've gone the fruit towers, and you get there, and there's a crater filled with these knit. And every once a week, I think it is, mm. a com- a, someone comes and they take away all these knitted. Yeah, it's so cool. Fa- yeah, I love it as a yeah, campaign. because that, that that that's kind of similar. Yeah, model very similar. Yeah. And um, you, you when you said that, I was like, oh, actually, one of the guys who ended up investing in us is the guy who came up with that big knit idea. That's amazing. So yeah, one of our it was a client at the time. He was the CMO of an energy company, and we were working with them. Yeah, uh, he invested in us. Um, and then I started getting some advice from him being a CMO yeah. and he was like, you know the reason I invest in this? It just really reminds me of the campaign I came yeah. up with, the big knit. And yeah, I was like, yeah. oh my God, so cool. So how did it go from, you're, you're like solo mm-hmm. and then suddenly you've got a co-founder. Now you've raised a bit of money yeah. and suddenly you've got investors. Like, how did that change your dynamic to the business? Was it, was it challenging? Like, what were the challenging bits of it? Yeah, what was exciting about it? Um, I've just gone through like a massive learning curve recently mm. with this, which is I just kind of got on with it, right? I was like, okay, we've got investors, we've got this scale. And I just kind of went tech company, you know, big, big office, big team, big everything. And I just kind of went down that, I'm gonna call it a rabbit hole. Yeah. I've just built this tech company this way. And I never actually checked in with myself. Do I want to do it that way? Mm. Or like, do I want to have these big offices with these big teams where mm. loads of money is going out on tech every month and all that stuff? Overhead, isn't it? So yeah. I just did what I thought you're supposed to do as a tech business, mm-hmm. which is build, 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 yeah. grow, 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 yeah. but in maybe like a really forceful way. And so we had lots of success and some growth and we had some failures yeah. and others and some stuff worked, some stuff didn't. But I forgot to check in with me and what I wanted. And I forgot to check in with what we initially started as the mission um, to build this self-serve tech platform, yeah. which we could put anywhere in the world. And so I was like, okay, we need to deliver this for investors. And I kept going back to investors. And actually what I really wanted to do was do it for scribes. So it did shift my, mm. we need to make revenue, this, 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 we need to get these many users. And it started but, to but not But you were like, well, if we lose the core of why we exist. And if, yeah. we, call, if we lose the scribe community, yeah. we'll lose revenue on the long term. So the good yeah. thing was that I'd built in the model that every customer we got, we could bring on more scribes. So I never actually really lost that because okay. every customer we got, we had to bring on more scribes, therefore okay. we're helping more people. Yeah. Thank God I embedded that because for a little while we were like, okay, more customers, 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 and we kept our scribes engaged. But they were like, 
but, overrun. Well, no, they were. It's not that they were overrun. It's that I was focused okay. just on how do I make my investors happy, and now Got I'm it. like, hey, how do we put this every country in the world so we can impact scribes? Oh, and that will make the investors happy. Okay, it's just like a really subtle shift I in get that. like what I'm focusing on. Um, so we've had some great heads of community. Yeah. We've had some great people running the community. Our community are awesome, yeah. and they've kind of like self-grown as well. So they now teach each other. So someone will do a calligraphy workshop and someone else will be like, oh, hey, I'm launching this thing. Would you want to help out? And they come to us and they're like, we want to write letters to people in care homes. I'm like, yeah, go for it. So they've naturally just grown this That's awesome amazing. community. And how, do, how do they... How do they communicate with them. So, um, like a good old-fashioned Facebook group, yeah. yeah. <laughs> good old-fashioned Facebook group. We were like, oh, should we build them onto some platform or yeah. something? And they're like, now we all use Facebook, yeah, yeah. we might as well just keep a Facebook group. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Facebook groups, and we use some webinars occasionally, yeah. and some we do lots and, of like, yeah. And how do you sustain that culture? Because mm. obviously, you know, speaking with you, seeing you today, there's there's a very compelling energy to you. You know, there's lots of, you know, you're very dynamic and driven. and Why, thanks. Well, no, no, but you know, you've got all that. <laughs> And often what I find is that it's easy for founders to have that culture and then they bring on mm. teams and then it starts growing. And at one point when they start scaling, one of the biggest preoccupations is how do we keep culture? Yeah. How, how do I make sure that we keep this caring culture as we scale and grow? Yeah. And that seems to be the first thing that crashes our people. Yeah. What have you done along the way in your journey to kind of make sure that impact stays yeah. impact yeah even great even question when, yeah. and i think there has been times where we've ended up deviating so yeah. we grew more and more and more and i think at our peak we were 15 16 people in our team and then to hundreds of scribes okay. and it was only recently that we were like hey our tech is awesome our community are awesome everyone that we've had working for us has always loved the company like i have to say every single person that's walked through the door whether they've been right for the job or not have been like purpose yeah. they love what we do yeah. um and so i think we've kept that element of loving you have to like we're all we talk about love and thoughtfulness all the time mm. and if that isn't something you're into you instantly end up not getting through either the first interview or you're not even interested in coming to us yeah. in the first place so it's i think everyone that we've had through the door as a team have been incredible so i think our culture has always stayed the same what i've had to do is check in with me and go hang on why have we built this so recently mm. we'd built this huge team we had this big office we're like whoa the tech and the community are running by themselves we don't need this big office anymore we don't mm. need this huge 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 team anymore let's just really focus in on what mm. we want to deliver for our customers and take this anywhere in the world. We're now a global company. Mm. So that's why we're going nomadic. We don't need this big office. It was mm. kind of just for like show kind of yeah. thing. So I it, again, keep... it's what you meant to do. Like yeah. the, the, the yeah. preconceived you're idea of what you- supposed to have an office, right. therefore, and you're supposed to have this big yeah. team. How can you? And now we're bringing in more revenue with less than half of the team. Okay. And like I made it my personal mission to find anyone that's roles weren't there anymore because like, you know, things mm. had changed. I found them a job somewhere else and we okay. worked together and I'm really good friends with all of them. But and that was hard, I have to say, like we had to let go of half of the team and that was one mm. of the most difficult things I've I was ever done. Ask you that. Yeah. yeah, it was hard. I mean, everyone thinks, you know, you talk about entrepreneurship, the hardest thing is people. Like I love human beings so mm. much. I just <laughs> You know, like I love meeting new people. I love just finding out about them. I'm curious about anyone and everyone. Mm. And I get really deep connection to people I work with. And it's so hard when things change, when they move on, when you move on, when things adapt. Yeah. But that is just what happens. Mm. It's life. And that's the biggest lesson I've learned is I've really, I have a life coach and I have to yeah. have a life coach to yeah, keep yeah. in check, really. 100%. And it's all been around the people. I, you know, sometimes I've been too nice because I just want people to, you know, like I've gone down that nicey-nicey yeah. route. The pleaser, the kind of exactly. like, I don't, I, yeah. don't, I, don't, I don't offend you. I don't, but then, you know, they're not growing in their role because yeah. I'm just being nice. Do you remember so the I've first time you had to, you had to let go of someone? Yeah, yeah. What it was that was, like? Um, I mean, you get to, I always, I want to know about their family, what they care about, and then you end up letting them go and you know that's going to impact your life. Yeah. I, 
I remember the first time I let someone go, it was like, as soon as I knew I had to do it, it was sleepless nights, I couldn't eat, I couldn't mm. drink, I felt sick, and I still get that feeling now. Mm. Have to say the time that it is, it gets shorter, mm. which I kind of feel horrible saying actually, <laughs> no. like, oh, but it, it gets, no. you know, and I think what I've really learned is, it's a great, if something happens, so say you have to let them go, it's a great opportunity for them, and how can I coach and develop them? I say mm. my role in the company is not CEO, it's, you know, chief coach. Yeah. How can I coach and develop them into the next thing? Mm. And everyone that we made redundant, not too long ago has gone on to epic roles. One of them started their own company, which mm. I'm kind of helping with. Mm. And, and it's like, actually, this is a great opportunity. So I try and do whatever I can in the business, whether they're in, in the business, my job as a coach, mm. whether they're leaving the business, my job as a coach, mm. because really all I need to do is get the most out of people. Yeah. Even if they're leaving us, how do I get the most out of that person? Yeah, yeah, it's hard. But it's, yeah, but it's, it's horrible. It is, yeah. Letting someone go. I think it is. I mean, I, I remember in different circumstances, but my, one of my first uh, jobs, I was a country director for these, um, this very dodgy advertorial company. So <laughs> yeah. I lived in, in emerging markets and we'd go over there and we'd set up shop from mm. scratch and we'd get local people and all this kind of stuff. And I remember having to let go one of the first kind of team members and you know that his entire family depends on this salary. Yeah. I mean, we're not kidding around. Yeah. I mean, it's literally like, and, and because especially back then it was like a corporate kind of company and you had mm. like objectives and sales and not meeting them so yeah. we had to i had to let him go and i just remember feeling it's awful horrible. about it yeah mm. and and I, <clears throat> and I think that's something that i've heard a lot of people talk about yeah. it's kind of it never gets easy but you get used more to the feeling of, yeah. of understanding that actually it's better for everyone yeah. it's better for them better for me better for the company for the organization mm. for the culture so you've you've da- you've scaled down i guess yeah. you know you scale down the team and Am I right in saying that you bought a bus of some sort? Or? <laughs> yeah, so um, we scaled down the team um, from like our employee point of view and then we've made the scribe for a bigger and they're all around the country. Okay. So they work from anywhere. Yeah. Um, and kind of me and the team kind of sat down and went, well, then we could work from anywhere, right? Yeah. And we're like, yeah. So like, let's turn this into an adventure. We don't have to work in London anymore. For the next six months, let's see what we can do. And again, the universe intervened and I was talking to someone and they were like, oh my God, we'd love someone like you in one of our camper vans. And I'm like, I think that's a great compliment. I've had a camper van on my vision board since I can remember. <laughs> like I love, like yeah. it's been there, like, you know, if I ever get a lump of yeah, cash, I'm buying a camper yeah, van. Yeah, that's one, my yeah, dream. Yeah, yeah. Like With they're, just, surfboard in they're California. so cool. <laughs> yeah. So I just got this vision and this guy just said to me, um, he was working with me and he said, Oh, someone like you in a camper van would really do, you know, a lot for my business. And I'm mm. like, oh, I didn't even know what, like, he also runs a finance company, but he'd also been involved in his camper van company. And I was like, oh, cool, didn't know, wicked. Okay. So you never know who you're going to like, yeah. when you talk to you about these things, just you never know what else they do on the side. 100%. And he just said to me, oh, um, I want to introduce you to a guy. And I turned up at this guy, he's an amazing guy called Spencer mm-hmm. from a company called Camper King, a little plug to Camper <laughs> King, they're awesome. You know, and just like amazing humans yeah, yeah. that are just great. And I rocked up at this office at Camper King and the guy was just like, I love what you do. I think, you know, your real human message. And he saw one of my talks online, I think, and saw the podcast and was all about humans and how do we connect and love and stuff is, is the heart of everything. And he went, I believe in everything you do. Would you like to just have a camper van for six months, 12 months, however mm. long you want it? And I was like, like, yeah you can kit it out let's do it and then as we start he's like i'll come and see some of them and they're yes this is amazing oh so this t6 pop top um he's like oh do you, like what colors do you want and literally then and there i just got in to meet this guy and then i'm designing this camper what van color do you go for? so it's a white camper van okay. because we're now writing on the outside of it so there's a little van his name's inky <laughs> So Inky the Van um, has a mission to spread love, connection, and creativity with yeah. the world. 
Um, and so it's kind of like the anti-news vehicle. Yeah. So we're going to give Sharpie pens to whoever wants them and they're going to write positive messages to the, the world. Van. So yeah, when you're sat on the motorway and you're sat behind Inky, you're going to make your day a lot better. Or, you know, when people come across the van, they'll talk about it yeah. and they'll bring a smile to their face. Yeah. And so the whole point was like, let's connect again. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, in the van, I'm going around meeting scribes. I'm interviewing interesting people. I'm talking in schools. I'm going into corporates. Yeah. It's all around like love and connection yeah. is the way to grow your business. Yeah. Um, but I yeah, and I'm going to live and work from the van that's so six cool. months. That's very cool. <laughs> yeah, that's so amazing. It was one of those opportunistic, it wasn't like, oh, we planned to do this and then the Not van was part of the plan. It was yeah. literally the universe just conspired and this yeah. van got given to me. Yeah. And um, yeah, so I'm really excited to give also an honest opinion of what it's like living nomad yeah. life. Because you see people sitting on a beach and you're like, oh my gosh, it looks amazing. I'm sure it's not amazing <laughs> all of the time. So I'm going to give, yeah. you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to blog about it. I'm going to yeah. vlog about it. Um, uh, on my personal website and I'm sure on the Inkfat website cool. too. So. That's amazing. What What's some of the best things and worst things about running your own business? Oh, some of the best things is, one of the best things is you get to create. And I forgot this part way through the business. I get to create my business and my life the way mm. I want it. Um, and I'd gone down that rabbit hole of tech startups only do this. But the mm. whole point of running your business is so you can create something. <laughs> so if you're in that, you know, there'll be so many of you out there that are in that now yeah. and literally wasn't that long ago that I was there. And I'd felt like I'd gone almost into the rat race running yeah. my own business. Mm. So I think when you remember, actually, it's your business. Mm. You have the power to create it, to impact who you want, mm -hmm. to work with who you want. Mm -hmm. You don't have to take on that client. You can say no to them. You don't have to take on that yeah. employee. You can say no to them. I think that freedom to create yeah. for good is amazing. And mm -hmm. I think I did a talk once called There Should Be No Such Thing as Social Enterprise. And mm. I was like, oh, why? What do you mean? What a horrible person thinks that. Yeah. I'm like, no, every business should, should just be, be a yeah, social yeah. enterprise. It should, it should no longer be shouldn't like a, It yeah, shouldn't yeah. be a category on a yeah, TikTok thing. It's like CSR. Thing. Yeah. You're doing good. Oh, just yeah. everyone just do good. Yeah. And then, you know, put more into the world than you take out of yeah, it. Yeah. So I think if you remember that, you can create that. Um, businesses are epic. You can you can create such cool stuff with it. Um, so I think that's the that's the that's like the biggest thing is when you remember you're the creator of yeah. it okay. and you can do anything in it. Um, one of the hardest things or like one of the things that I don't think I expected was... Everyone says about the emotional roller coaster, but I don't think you quite get it till you're doing it. Yeah. Um, I don't think I realized how emotionally hard it is because you care so much about mm. it, because you create it and because yeah. it's your passion project. Mm. Um, my investor sat down with me once and went, Charlotte, what do you do for fun? And I could not answer his question. No, I did. I said, oh, I speak on stage for fun. And he was like, I know you love that, but what else do you do for fun? Mm. And I could not answer him. And that was about a year and a half ago. Wow. I couldn't answer his question. And it's stuck with me ever since. I'd got so, so what, what focused. What do you do for fun now then? Oh my gosh, I'm learning to play the ukulele. Yeah. <laughs> really bad right now. <laughs> really bad right now. Yeah, but it's practical in a van. Yeah, inky, exactly. Inky, inky ukulele. I'm, trying to, I'm trying to learn to play the ukulele. Um, I'm doing a lot more singing and dancing like okay. I did when I was a kid. Very cool. Um, you know, just things I forgot. I love music. I love going to see bands. Like I'd forgotten how much I loved mm. it. Um, I'm also dabbling with yoga, not very good, but um, it's been really helpful for me to just sit on a mat. Yeah. Um, even if it's just, I, all I end up doing is one downward dog and meditating. It just makes me, yeah. you know, calm. So I just started to explore different things. I'm starting to do more hiking and walking in mm -hmm. nature, which I love. And mm -hmm. I forgot again how much I love nature. There's yeah. these things that if yeah, I yeah. think back, I'd love them as a kid, so yeah. But it's hard. Like, I mean, I, mm. lo I love hearing you say that because how many years are you in now? Uh, so it's been six years since I graduated. So four years since the tech business years, started. Yeah. yeah. It's, you know, 
I catch myself. Mm. Like for example, my partner's away at the moment, so I'm, I'm on dad duty yeah. with my daughter, and so I'll go and pick her up, and then we'll play, and then I'll put her to bed, and then I'll go and work. Yeah. You know, and we were laughing when partners was like, she's like, mate, this is your only opportunity to watch your shit films yeah. when I'm not around. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? Like, go, go and, watch your shit yeah, films. Yeah, go, go and have fun. Like, do, yeah. you know, do what you, you know. And I'm just working because there's always something. Mm, always that, something I, to do. That's it. And I think that the hardest thing, and I'm still learning this, mm. and, and, and I wonder if that's something that you've kind of learned, is that there will always be something. Yeah. So knowing that, can you pause to go and do something that makes mm. your heart sing? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's so difficult because, so I've always got like a main thing I'm doing and I've always all got three or four things on the side too, yeah. always. There's always something I can do. And I'm absolutely that person. Like I'll be, oh, Saturday night, I could do this or I could do this. Yeah. That'll make my Sunday and Monday easier. And yeah. it's just, I realized after a point, I had a burnout point, which I think most entrepreneurs mm. have gone through at some point. And I just realized life can't be like that anymore. Yeah. I have to make space for it. Mm. Even if I have to do my crazy planning, organizing to start with, to make space for mm. the, I remember once I said to someone, oh, you know, I really need to relax. So I've planned an organized yoga retreat. <laughs> and this is what I had to do to start with. I'm getting a yeah. bit better. Okay. Um, and I think weirdly, like I've turned into a very spiritual person mm. and that's really just helped me reduce the stress. Mm. Um, so obviously meditating yoga is a great thing, but it's more than that. It's just knowing everything's for a reason yeah. and there's a purpose. Being more at peace. Yeah, it's yeah. just made me less on edge all the time. I get that. So even if I'm working, it's from a less stressed, frantic state now. Okay. And if something's going wrong, I'm not in ultimate panic. I'm just like, hey, something's gone wrong. How yeah. can we fix it? What can we do? So I think I've gone from this like stress head <laughs> to just a slightly more relaxed yeah. stress head. But it's hard. I'm still struggling. I yeah. learn every day, you know, put the phone down. But I have a partner yeah. who is very good at going, whoa, Mm-hmm. You know, he he calls me out mm-hmm. when I'm in work mode when I should be in, mm-hmm. you know, chill mode or I'm with him. And is, like, yeah. is, is, is he in the startup world? Kind so of he's just left. Interestingly, um, as we met, we met on a juice retreat, okay. a spiritual juice retreat. Um, he just left. This, so From he was Diet working Coke in, to spiritual juice retreat. I know. Retreats. <laughs> you never know. Where, always over drink. You never know where you're going to meet people. But yeah, we're at this amazing retreat together. And he worked in the city. In when he told me what he did, I was like, this does not match with who I just met last week. <laughs> You know, when you don't, are those kind of I things, you that. don't talk about yeah, your jobs. Yeah. And he told me, oh, I work in tech in this big bank. And I'm like, what? Um, but no, he's just quit the city um, and he's joining me on the Nomadic no Live. Way. So he's running his own business oh, um, cool. from home on a laptop now. But he okay. had that same, he was on that retreat to find, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. that I'm done with that, that life. So yeah. yeah, but he really pulls me up on it. He's like, cool. you know, off your phone, yeah. work time's done now. And I really need that sometimes. I'm just poke you and be like, enough work. Who's someone that was really instrumental to you growing up? that's kind of shaped who you are today? Great question. Um, my dad is the first one that comes to mind. So um, I come from this little village in the Midlands. Um, my family are incredible, but no one's ever left the Midlands. <laughs> you know what I mean? Everyone lives 10 minutes from each other. Yeah. They're so loving and so amazing. But I did feel a little bit like the black sheep, but my dad has kind of started to lead that way for me, which was he kind of moved from the traditional, I think he worked at Rover when, you know, as an apprentice mm-hmm. straight out of, out of school. But then he went, no, I'm going to go in financial services. He worked in a big corporate and then eventually went, I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. So then he started his own business in franchising um, and he kind of paved his own ways. So he's a freelancer. He got lots of things going mm-hmm. on. And I think that was my first person to go, oh my gosh, he created his life yeah, himself. You don't have to have he's a not do- belt. Yeah. So yeah. I was 14 and he gave me rich dad, poor dad. Oh, it's really? like a book to read. Is that when you read it or did you only re- read it recently? No, I reread it recently, okay, but okay. I'd read it when I was younger. Yeah. Um, and then he used to listen to Achiever's Edge CDs in the car. 
or, or tapes or whatever they were. At least you I know, a giant but, but it really, it really got me. You're going to school. Oh my god! Like <laughs> literally, got I've got this. So to start with, I was like, Dad, put Kerrang on. You know, t- turn <laughs> off this rubbish. And then eventually, I was like, Dad, turn Kerrang off. Put this back on. Yeah. And I massively got into personal development. But he really showed me you can create a business for yourself. And mm. um, so he showed me the way, and he handed me that book when I was younger. Mm. I've been to lots of Tony Robbins things since. Not going to lie, <laughs> you mentioning that then? I was definitely. Um, I've only done one okay. but I also did his other course and they were instrumental actually yeah. to to me just going you know what I can I can build this I can do this um, so what yeah if you had to sum up like if you had to sum up what you learned <laughs> from all the all the money you spent all the time you spent yeah on, on all this you know Tony Robbins and yeah. the likes is that like a oh great that, is, question yeah. um, the, one of the things literally as soon as you said that came to my mind is I did a business mastery course with Tony Robbins yeah. most money I've ever spent in my life on anything yeah, I know someone who done it yeah. it was game changing mm. and really helped to get the business where we are now but you know it's like five days in Amsterdam the one thing I remember is just offer value to your customers just literally if are you doing anything just give them free value all the time value value mm. value value and now any meeting i'm like value 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 we did we did a presentation last week and it was like content marketing value 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 and had a whole page of just the word value and it's just just offer value to your customers yeah. you know about everything and anything so we help our customers just grow their business if you want to use hammer notes great but here's lots of really cool stuff or okay, positive it. news or so i think it was just offer value all the time mm. to anyone you meet if mm. you're meeting someone in a coffee shop for a chat how can i help want you? them to leave away with something whether your energy inspired yeah. them or you gave them a piece of something or you introduced them somewhere how can every interaction you have be win-win yeah. and ideally win-win-win yeah so that was like the biggest thing for me so if i'm ever working with clients or I do a talk it's like win-win-win there's always three wins you've mm. just got to find them and that means no one will ever forget you either yeah people like oh i met charlotte she introduced me to this cool person yeah. or i left just feeling so inspired or whatever yeah, yeah. it is so i think that just always what value can you offer to others and if you live your life almost in service of everyone else mm-hmm. then you're gonna be the you're the happiest you know it's grateful 100%. and you're gonna impact others so 100%. that was a big thing and also that i'm in control of my own state big time okay. so i can wake up one morning be in a really bad mood you know and then the rest of my day is shit <laughs> or i can wake up in the morning be in a bad mood and shift my state yeah. instantly he did this click thing and i'll never forget it it's anchoring yeah so yeah. now i'm like change state you're happy today right yeah. you you start the day happy joyous you're going to have a great day and so those two things i think for me mm. big lessons provide value and be in control of your state yeah Cool. I like that. That's really cool. Big up Tony Robbins. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. What about working with a the coach then? Like, oh you know, my gosh, you're working with a life coach. Like, because yeah. I think it's it's changing. I mean, you know, there's the billion dollar coach book that came mm. out. Um, there's, a, there's a shift. And I think, you know, the US have been kind of ahead of it, you know, yeah. for a long time. But what would you, how would you describe your relationship of working with a life coach? Mm. I've had one since I can really remember. So action coach being a coaching, but for business, mm-hmm. I was kind of embedded in that from the mm. very start. And when I was even doing the social impact stuff, I had mentors and coaches. So I've always had a coach. And in fact, if I ever don't have a life coach, I get a bit on edge. Like I need to talk someone. Um, it's just, you can't see what you can't see. Like, and you don't know what you don't know. So there's always gonna be blind spots in your own emotional intelligence, mm. in the way you look at things, in the way you approach situations. And sometimes we just get stuck. Mm. Um, and I think there's definitely been this movement towards coaches and therapy, but it, mm. sometimes it still seems like it's, oh, when something goes wrong, you get a therapist. Mm. Or if you're in a certain time of your life, you get a therapist mm. or a coach. Mm. Whereas I'm like, everyone should have a therapist and a coach all of the time, yeah. like preventative, not curative, <laughs> yeah. what are we doing? Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, yeah, so life coaching has been a bit of a journey for me. And every mm. life coach I've had a different stage in my life, I look back and I'm like, oh, I had that one because I needed that one because yeah. of this. So um, 
her most recent one who I literally had to leave uh, last week. She's a shaman and a life coach and an emotional intelligence practitioner. She's epic. She's written books on yeah. emotional intelligence. She's just the best. Um, but she's my partner's mom. So I had to stop coaching with her yeah. <laughs> because I became like yeah. part of the family. But she was one of the best yeah. coaches I've my ever partner. had. My partner, I need to talk to you about my partner. Can I you can't. just like I know, yeah. So we had to stop coaching. But she's epic. Her name's yeah. Kath. Um, but I went on a course recently, quite linked to what Billy does i went on a course called sovereignty and seduction it was all around female empowerment female sexuality and it was game changing Mm. it's by a company called electric women Mm -hmm. um if you know if you're a woman just go on the course you know it's worth every penny it's worth your weekend i wish every girl in the world could go on this kind of course but they also have coaches and these live coaches bring together like what like your electric woman Mm -hmm. so electric woman in the workplace electric woman in the bedroom it's all Mm. around female empowerment and so now i'm working with one of their coaches Mm. And it's just every coach I've had at the stage of my it's life like a, yeah. has helped me get to mm. the next stage and the next stage. Um, and it's been game changing. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And there's always something you can be better at or always something you can reflect on yeah. or talk to someone about. So what do you think is calling you so much around women empowerment, sexual mm. empowerment? Is that something that's always been around for you? Is that something that you've, 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 yeah. you've, you've realized in the last few years? Actually, this is something that's really yeah. matters? Or? No, it's been in the last few years. Mm. So before, when everyone used to talk to me about being a woman in business, I'm like, it doesn't matter. I'm just a person in business. Why does everyone keep talking about this woman in business thing? It's really annoying. Yeah. Um, women in tech. And I didn't and really see it. Yeah, because running a tech company, I then was like, oh, you're a woman in tech and whatever. And everyone's like, oh, what's the disadvantages to it? And I was like, there isn't any disadvantage. What are you talking about? <laughs> And I, I literally was almost like, stop talking to me about women yeah. in tech. It's really annoying. Yeah. And then I think as I've got older, I've been a little bit more, oh, hey, and Brit, you are a woman. And things like, you know, this whole, it's really hard to explain, but, you know, women women are generally a little bit more empathetic and a bit softer with things and men are normally like this and that. And I really hated that, like, you put this in this mm. box. And it, but actually, women are just naturally more mm. one thing and mm. men are naturally more of another. And I was like, I could do anything any man could do. I don't understand so I think for me, it's just been on a journey to embrace that mm. and not keep comparing myself to a man directly, which is what I'd always done. Well, if mm. he can do it, I can do it. Mm. Like, why would I be any different? Right. Gender shouldn't be a thing. Yeah. Actually, now I'm like, gender is a thing. It's mm. biologically different mm. that I am. And it's amazing. And, and how do celebrate. I use that to, yeah. a, to a strength rather than yeah. like just trying to block it out? So I think I'd gone from, yeah, I know there's not many mm. women in tech, but I'm going to be one of them, yeah. to being like, hey, actually, there aren't many women in tech. Let's look at why. Yeah. And how do we actually help women to mm. embrace with what they've got and the you know and i read a book super cliche book but honestly amazing um it's uh it was it was a follow-on from men are from mars women are from venus mm-hmm. and i remember reading this book and genuinely crying when i read it mm. because like, oh my god i understand me it was mm. one of those things it's called beyond mars and venus and it's okay. like the new age version of okay. mars and venus and it's one of those books where i was like oh my gosh i am biologically different to the man yeah. that i'm trying to compete with 100%. maybe i should look at that instead yeah. of trying to ignore it so that's kind of the shift i've had as i got older i get that and i think i used to i used to get a bit annoyed when we used to look at panels um back in the days where i was way more involved with men's health and mental mm. health and you'd be have panels of women and men and they'd be talking about how we need to treat mental health equally between women and men and i get it i mm. get i get like we all have mental health four and four hundred percent like james and george keep on saying but the way that we are designed as men is slightly different than women and yeah. the way that we operate and talk and the language we use. We mm. actually did some research studies at November, like men don't respond to the same words. Yeah. So like well-being isn't a word that men respond to, well, but challenges. Yeah. Right. So challenge your fitness. They'll be mm. better than, hey, improve your wellness. Yeah. I mean, just little things like that. Yeah. And, and I think what I love about what you're saying is this idea that 
actually let's let's celebrate me mm. whatever that me is yep. you know whatever that whatever you relate to whatever you feel as yeah celebrate that embrace that and then how can you pave the way and help more people join that that kind yeah of, yeah exactly and i've actually found it initially a real advantage to be a woman in tech because mm. there aren't as many of us mm, so so it's like there aren't as many of us one we've got this opportunity to get more women into tech mm. by showing you can do it mm. and two i stand out on a panel if there's mm. five men and there's me i naturally look different therefore <laughs> you know i stand out so yeah. women let's use that yeah yeah and you know let's use the situation we're in mm. there aren't as many women in tech mm. so let's use that to our advantage and get more women into tech yeah. so i'm I'm really trying to reframe it, but everything that I've learned, and especially around the kind of sexuality work, mm. and it's all just around checking in with who I am yeah. and not pretending to be something else yeah. and being open to new ideas and explore different things and then sharing that with other women and stop being so closed about sex and sexuality or yeah. you know, those kind of topics. Yeah, my friend of mine, Karen, uh, founder of Tribe Called Women, and that's what she does. She works a lot of feminine leadership in the workplace. And, yeah. and what I love about like the conversation we're having is, is around this idea that women are men but it happens more predominantly when women that there's this mold or belief that you need to become someone else mm. in order to thrive in certain yep. environments so therefore you shut down a lot of your what you described as more yeah. feminine traits or mm. you know but effectively what it is is just more in tune more yep. more kind of aware and, and caring and, yep. and all this stuff that somehow has been made bad for yep. whatever reason and it feels like that's what you're talking about. It's like, hey, stop trying to be someone you're not. Be yeah. who you are. Celebrate that. And look how amazing life yeah. can be. In your business. I wish someone had told me that. It took yeah. me a long time. And even now, I still have to catch myself on yeah. it. Because I do just think, like, I I have this caring nature. And then I took it as, oh, I'm nicey-nicey. And there was a, I had to just look at me. And there were lots of things I've learned around, you know, how you communicate. But mm. I'm now using that empathy as my power mm. rather than the empathy as my weakness. 100%. And I think... What's great about it is when you just take control of that, that's so empowering. And then yeah. other women are like, oh, you're so empowered by this. And I'm like, actually, no, I still find these confrontations difficult. Sure. I've just learned my way of dealing with yeah. it. But I think it is a great movement happening at the moment around mm. women and yeah. like self-reflection on who we are. And it's okay to be you. I think that's great. 100%. And, and I think I think it also acts as a filter of what you say yes and what you say no to. Exactly. You know, so it's kind of like that That doesn't feel right. That yeah. feels right, you know. And, yeah. and it acts as a great... Oh, one point. of the best things one of my coaches said is a guy called Duncan who's got a great podcast called Spirit Pig. Mm. Um, <laughs> he loved the name of the podcast. It's a good he's name. Great. A good so he's a, a life coach that I had before, my shaman life coach. He's amazing. I'm still really good friends yeah. with him now. Um, and he said to me, because I kept saying yes to everything. I think women in particular are bad at like, we can do anything. Like mm. we can do all these things. And I kept saying yes to everything. And I was like, oh, it's not working for me anymore. Mm. And he was like, okay, hell yes, hell no. No, yeah, next, for the yeah, next yeah, yeah. like month, just hell yeah. yes, hell no. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh. And it was, it was, and there's different times in my life between where I've ebbed and flowed between yeah. lots of no's, lots of yeses. But it just allowed me to go, I can say no. Oh my gosh, that's so great. Yeah. Um, and I think that women have a lot, especially, you know, I don't have my own kids, but I've got mm. two uh, my partner's got two kids, so yeah. I feel like I'm mine too. Yeah, yeah, cool. um, and, you know, you just, you get this, I'm trying to do everything. Yeah. So it's it's so nice when you go, you know what? No, I'm not mm. doing that. And I don't care if you don't like that. I'm yeah. not doing that. I'm just not doing that. Yeah. So, yeah, it's and great. It's, and it's very empowering. And I think yeah. when you get, but again, you know, I resonate what you're saying. And I think it's because we've both gone on a journey and you have to do the work. Yeah. Like, you know, you have to, you do, have the to do the work because. Yeah. You know, I feel it now when I meet people, even with my friends, family, people I meet on the road. Mm. 
and you just go you just do the work yeah. like you're just not there yet you know you're just kind of like oh, yeah. you're still in victim mode and oh complaining my gosh. the, the and drama all. triangle is the best the drama thing triangle. I have ever heard in my life I am the most rescuer rescuer you've ever met yeah. I used to buy people books for their birthday of yeah. things I think they needed help with yeah. and I used to like send them on courses to like make them better and fix them oh my gosh if you don't know what the drama yeah. triangle yeah, is yeah. Explain, um, do you want to explain that really quickly yeah so the drama triangle is basically I think each of us have like a natural part of the triangle we go to so there's victim um there is rescuer and there's persecutor mm. it's kind of our natural state that we mm -hmm. go to so if i find one of my team isn't doing something i will naturally try and be like, oh i'll do it or mm -hmm. you know i will like try and get them to do it mm -hmm. but in like a really patronizing not great way yeah. and then someone has then flipped the triangle and made an empowerment triangle out of those three mm. things so instead of i'm going to hopefully get this right um my coach will be like oh, come on charlotte how many times have you gone through this um so instead of being a rescuer you can be a coach so okay. rather than trying to rescue and fix someone you coach someone yeah. to be the best version okay. of themselves having they're already great okay. uh, victim is rather than like oh, the world is against me you become a creator like i create my world mm -hmm. um, and then a persecutor is a challenger it's great to challenge people but not from a place of i'm right you're wrong mm. but challenging people going hey here's another point of view let's challenge mm. you on it so just flipping from a victim to a creator or flipping from yeah. you know it just 100%. changes the way that i see every interaction mm. um so yeah, I've realized I do all the time, I flip into rescuer and I'm like, stop rescuing people. They're great as they are. Yeah. So yeah. Running out of time. I'm looking at this, I'm like, crap, I could, I could be talking for way <laughs> I longer. I know, it could be here uh, forever. But, but we're gonna have, I think I'm coming on your show, whatever yes. you get this, I'm looking forward to that. They'll extend the conversation. Yeah. Um, just before, before I ask him and ask a few kind of questions, mm. um, I wanna acknowledge you for a second because I think it's the energy you bring is amazing. I think you've got a very compelling story, a compelling message, but more than that, your business is really awesome. It sounds really, really oh, cool. Thanks. And it's impacting lots of people in pajamas being able to write notes, you know? <laughs> That's gonna stick, and yeah. from, from this idea of being at university all the way to today and raising funds. And as you said, you know, it's not about being a woman or a man, and yet it is. It's mm. like you're this incredible, inspiring leader that can be showing the way for so many, I, I wanna say, especially women are gonna be look up to you and say, oh my God, okay, you're paving the way. And I don't take that for granted because I think mm. it's a really special gift that you oh, can give back. Oh, thank you. It's also really great to have, you know, my energy bouncing off your energy. There must be so much energy in this room right now. It's insane, but Ho yeah. Hopefully the microphones <laughs> will have picked up some of it. But a yeah. uh, um, couple, of, couple of questions. One of them is, uh, what's one thing most people don't know about you? Ooh, that is a great question. Um, one thing most people don't know about me. <laughs> I'm trying to think of something interesting here. Um, uh, I think maybe people maybe people know this, but I'm not sure if they do. Um, I think most people didn't know I was spiritual, but mm. now I'm okay to talk about it. Mm -hmm. But for ages, I wasn't uh, okay with talking about mm -hmm. it. So people didn't know I read like tarot cards or like okay. red angel cards. Yeah. And um, a part of you, when you come in inky in the van, I'm going to do a little tarot card okay. reading for it. you. I would love that. Um, yeah, 100%. cool. So I think people, I think more people know now that I do yeah. things like tarot cards and okay. I go on juice retreats, but it was a bit of a taboo before. Yeah. And now it's kind of like, yeah, I'm embracing me. I Fuck read tarot it. cards, Embrace cool. Yeah. Um, do you want me to read one for you? Yeah. <laughs> you might like it. Um, so I think people didn't know that really about me before. Okay. I'm a massive chocoholic. Yeah. Like, it's, I have to stop. I'm on day five of no sugar again for okay. the like millionth time. Okay. Just don't put a bar of anything near me. Okay. It'll be gone. What's so. your favorite? Not, not, oh. to, not, to, not to put the... Just good old fashioned dairy milk, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I can, I've tried all the fancy stuff. <laughs> I've really tried. No, there's also, I have to say, I've had to find a replacement because I could eat all the dairy milk, okay. or even milky bar buttons. Yeah. I know they're for kids, but... 
But I found a replacement which is Ombar chocolate. Oh, no, them, yeah, which yeah. is so great yeah, because it actually has like no <gasps> dairy. I'll and... tell you what, no, forget it. Forget any other chocolate. I'll tell you what chocolate you're going to start. If yeah. ever you get back to, have you heard of, you must have heard them. Oh, gosh, they're a Dutch company. The, 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 the only uh, slave free children chocolate bar on the market. Ooh, don't oh, don't Oh, my God. I think they're, oh, they're called Chocolatey Colonia. So they've got a really oh, okay. weird name. Cool. They're quite niche. You'll find I'll them in, in Whole Foods. Yeah. And, um, I'll send you a link to them. Watch the documentary. Okay, it's cool. It's brilliant. It's really yeah. cool. Um, and if not, then, then yeah. definitely Chef to I have to go a bit cold turkey on okay. chocolate. But I'm I'm trying to do a bit of both, but I can't. Okay. I can't eat in moderation. I get that. I respect <laughs> that. I respect that. Uh, what does being unconventional mean to you? Ooh. Uh... Can I tell you a quick story? Mm-hmm. Where we've got enough time. Please. So when I was a kid at school, um, it was biology, and the teacher kept saying to me, like, she'd, she'd tell us some theory or some topic, and I'd be like, okay, but, but why? Like, explain. She couldn't do it. Okay, why? And eventually I got kicked out of the class for <laughs> bullying. Literally, this is what my head teacher said to me. Oh, she says you've been bullying her and kicked me out. My parents were like, what? Anyway, and I, did, I learned biology on my own, and I got the best marks in the year. And then fast forward to um, I graduate university. When I started Inkpat, I also became a consultant and all my job was as entrepreneur consultant, which is kind of a hilarious title, just to ask why, why, why? Yeah. I don't understand why you're doing it that way and why not another way? Have we not thought about this or this? And I think being unconventional is just going, do we have to do it that way? Can mm. we not do it this way instead? Mm. Or I know everyone else is going left, but we should probably go right here. And it sounds all really cliche and I've heard it a million times, but it's literally just going, I don't want to do that. I'm going to do this instead. Or yeah. I think more people will benefit if we did this. So yeah. I think it's just, it is literally just doing to a point yeah. what you want. Yeah, yeah. But keeping in mind, I think it's really important to keep in mind society and other yeah. people and the planet at the same time. It's, and yeah, if I could distill that, it's also more like be curious as to yeah. don't take anything for granted or face value. Exactly. Why not? Why, why can yeah. we not do that differently? Yeah. And what works for one person won't for another. Yeah. One company won't for another. So always be curious about yeah. everything. I like that. Final question. You're on Piccadilly Circus. You've got the digital boards. They're all there. They're light. And you get to write a message mm. that everyone's going to see and read as they walk by in London what do you want the message to read oh great question I'm torn between two here but they have the same flavour <laughs> it's um, oh can I just spitball and we'll come up with it mm-hmm. as I'm speaking something around that kind of always being a beginner always being a child mm-hmm. and always seeing something mm-hmm. through this whether it's your own emotional intelligence or your own self just keep mm-hmm. just Going back to almost stage mm. one. Yeah, if you know yeah. what I mean? Be a beginner, be a learner, be I a child. Yeah, just that. keep going back to that. It's just sparked a whole new question, which is if you had to write yourself a handwritten note to your five year old self. <laughs> I agree. I do this write? in workshops. I get people to write really? their past yeah. or their future, depending on what the workshop so is. So, what would you write today in this Ooh. moment? So, oh, my God, so many stories. I can only answer a question in a story. <laughs> can I go with one more story? Well, it's the last one. So last you, you, story. Yeah, okay. So up. when I went on this spiritual journey, I ended up doing a, um, a shamanic journey. Yeah. And I was a shamanic journey to find my power animal. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I'm going to be some kind of monkey or I'm going to be like some tropical bird or something really cool, right? And I was a blue Squirrel. whale. Blue whale. <laughs> and someone that struggled with weight my whole life, this yeah. was like a punch in the stomach yeah. to start with. Like, yeah. Are you kidding me? I'm a blue whale. Like, yeah. come on. And then I kind of, the rest of the journey was amazing. But what I really learned is a blue whale can't be anything other than a blue whale. There's mm. no point pretending it's a fish. It's mm. not a fish, mm. right? You know, and 
you've just got to be a bloody blue whale yeah. and just just embrace who you yeah. are and you're here to do big things and yeah. you're big and you're bold and just be that yeah. so think if i was to tell my younger self i'd be like be the bloody whale so i've got a little tattoo on <laughs> here was, uh, the whale. i was because i didn't know if it was a stamp no it was a tattoo. It's a tattoo. i was gonna ask you what's it's that yeah so it's a blue about. whale so it's to remind me whenever i'm playing small or i'm like making myself yeah. like, oh i don't want to do this or i'm it. scared or i don't want to piss someone off because i don't see that i'm doing this whatever yeah. i'm just like you're the whale remember to be the whale Love it. Love so it. yeah, For people be listening to this who can't, are not watching on YouTube. Uh, Charlotte's got a little uh, yeah, it's like well a minimalist on, little on your on the there. that's it on on yeah. the wrist. Charlotte, thank you so much. No, what's thank the, what's you for the, what's the, Yeah, what's the best social uh, media channel that people can reach out yeah, to you? Yeah, so um, I post most of on Instagram, quite a visual person. Yeah. So it's at uh, Charlotte L. Pierce. Mm -hmm. um, or you can check out my website, Charlotte yeah. Pierce, or YouTube, Charlotte Pierce. Yeah. Sounds great. Thank you so thank much for you coming. Thank you so much. It's been so honor. much fun. Yeah. And, and here's to our next conversation, right? Yes. Thank you so much. <laughs> You're Speak welcome. soon. All right, folks. I hope you enjoyed the conversation as much as I did. Um, I knew I'd have a good time, Charlotte. It went beyond my expectations. Uh, just so much uh, to uncover. And it's one of those episodes where I could be going on for another two hours. Um, but before I wrap up, I just want to say thank you for supporting the show. Thank you for subscribing over on YouTube and on iTunes, leaving a review and comment. It makes a whole world of a difference. If you're inspired by these conversations and you would love to have those kind of conversations with the people who inspire you and you want to launch your own podcast, then join me on the 20th of September, 2019 in London, central London. We're going to be coming together and I'll teach you everything I know about how to launch this podcast, everything I've learned over the last four years. I mean, it's a lot of, a lot of mistakes and a lot of successes. So I want to share all of those and more. You can get the tickets below the show notes in this video or on iTunes if you're listening to this. And as always, Thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for being here, for supporting the show. And make sure to go and check out Impact and Charlotte's work. Thank you. I'll see you next time. And as always, I love you. Hey, it's Mark again. I just wanted to remind you that this was the last episode of season 13. We're going to be taking a little break until season 14 in October. We're coming up with a brand new sponsor, which we can't wait to share with you. Super exciting stuff is happening. We've got some amazing guests lined up. We've pretty much got the entire roster of season 14 booked already, which has never happened before. This podcast is blowing thanks to you. So thank you so much for your support, for subscribing, for sharing, for liking, for doing all the magical things you do but more importantly, for being you. I really appreciate you. Have a great few weeks. Enjoy the rest of your September, and I'll see you in October.